Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier, The Tudor Assassin. Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson. Chapter 12 The Palace. A great wagon lumbered slowly through the streets. Behind it trailed a group of men dressed in freshly laundered doublet and hose, their beards neatly trimmed and hair recently cut. The odd heckle or whistle from the crowd followed them as they made their way south towards the river. High above them, perched on a rooftop, the wraith was watching. One of the troop, a clean-shaven youth named Thomas, furrowed his brow. His eyes were fixed on the ground and his mind was clearly troubled. His lips quivered absent-mindedly as he silently mouthed some incantation to himself. Robert, a man in his thirties with a strong, angular face, quickened his step to walk alongside Thomas. "'You'll remember it,' he told him in a reassuring voice. "'I won't. I know I won't. It just won't stick,' Thomas countered in frustration. "'Your nerves are mastering your reason.' "'How could they not?' Thomas sighed. "'It is an honour, young Thomas.' I know it is, but if I forget it, make up something until you remember, and one of us will come to the rescue. Unless it's Radcliffe. He'll just point and laugh. No, he won't. He did yesterday. Broke off the scene and spent five minutes laughing with the groundlings about the poorly player lost for words. Ass. Robert raised an eyebrow and said sternly, He wouldn't dare do that for the Queen. He'll be as scared as you are. Of course he is. I am. But you've done it before, loads of times. Robert paused to look at Thomas. It never stops frightening you. Still, look on the bright side, young Thomas. With good Queen Bess in the audience, there'll finally be someone in the crowd wearing more makeup than you. Thomas laughed, and Robert put a friendly arm across his shoulder. Come on, we'll practice our parts. From the beginning? Yeah. As they began their recitation, the wraith watched Robert keenly. A memory torn from Marlowe's memory flickered. This was the man he needed. The Professor and Astrid were on the move as well. The Professor's gaze was fixed firmly ahead, while Astrid scanned the rooftops in fear that the wraith might launch itself at them to finish the previous night's attack. Images of the darkened tavern played across her mind. Most recurrent of all was that of the creature's eyes, fixing her in the instant before it fled. The way it looked at her, looked into her, rattled her nerves. Well, we're in the posh part of town now, aren't we? The professor chirped. Sure enough, the buildings they passed were no longer fashioned from timber and plaster. Several were neat red brick, but those rising above them were made of brilliant white stone. What a sight! Before them lay a magnificent collection of grand buildings, almost like a royal township at the heart of the City of London. Majestic halls and spires rose up above the splendid barracks, the tops of luscious green trees visible behind a stone wall in which was set a large wooden gate. "'How do we get in?' Astrid whispered. "'I reckon I could clear that wall if we find a quiet spot further along.' "'No need for that, dear heart. We'll use the front door.' "'The one with the armed guards? And what do we say to them, do you think?' We'll tell them we're here for the play, of course. But we're nobody. They don't know that. Yes, they do. We don't exactly look like favourites of Her Madge, do we? 
I don't know. Runcible always said I had a regal brow. And royal ears, which I always thought was a touch odd. The professor shrugged off the thought and paced confidently towards the gates. Prof! Ah, flaming hell! Astrid trotted after her. Hello, good sirs, a pleasant morning to you, the professor beamed as she raised her hat. May we pass? What's your business? grunted one of the guards. Ah, well, inventor, traveller, historian, academic, all-round enthusiast. I'm a demon at croquet, if you fancy a match. Who are you? the second guard demanded flatly. Professor Cronomier, at your service, my good man. And this... She glanced to her left, but Astrid was missing. She wasn't stood to her right, either. She sighed and reached behind her back, pulling Astrid out into the open. This is my good friend Astrid, hostess, handywoman, and discoverer of treasures and trinkets. Morning, gents. Identification, the first guard demanded. Um, Documentation, the second barked. Uh, well, I suppose... Or clear off, they said in unison. The professor raised her chin, sure of herself. She reached inside her frock coat and pulled out a dagger. The guards reached for their swords, but quickly she held it out in both hands. I'm showing it to you, not using it on you. And what of it? The second guard asked with studied suspicion. This is the dagger of Christopher Marlowe. How did you... Astrid began, but the professor ignored her. Presented to him by Her Royal Highness for services to the Crown. Word at court is that Marlowe's dead, the first guard said with a furrowed brow. He died in the night. A most unnatural death, but he had time enough to request this gift be returned to his sovereign. The first guard reached out to take it. The professor snatched it back. It was his wish that we returned it to her. The guards looked to one another, unsure of how to proceed. You know, of course, of the suspicion and allegations surrounding Marlowe in the weeks recently past. Scary stuff, you'll agree. I'm sure there'd be a pretty reward for any loyal palace guards who helped to bring further news of the scoundrel to royal ears. The guards' eyes collectively widened and they simultaneously adopted a superior air. Well, of course we'd want to assist in any way that we could, said the first imperiously. And if our help in conveying news to the Privy Council were to be remembered, the other began, I should consider it my honour to shine the light of praise upon you, the professor winked. Very well. The first knocked on the gate, and it opened seconds later. The guards beckoned the professor and Astrid to step through. Much obliged, said the professor. Cheers, boys, piped Astrid. They quickly made their way inside and the gate closed. After a moment's silence, the first guard turned to the other. Hang on. We didn't tell her our names. The second guard pondered for a second. Bugger. Inside the walls of the palace grounds, a magnificent avenue of trees stretched ahead, with neat lawns either side. The professor and Astrid looked about gleefully and slowly made their way towards a wide red brick building connecting two white towering halls. Blimey! Astrid sighed and let out a low whistle. What the hell are we doing here? Glorious. Simply glorious, the professor wondered. And to think, in little over a century, it would... What? Uh, never mind. Here, I had Marlowe's knife. How did you... 
You're not the only one adept at pilfering pockets, dear heart. Before they could continue, the gates behind them opened again, and the pair instinctively darted behind separate trees for fear they were about to be detained. A large horse-drawn cart passed through the entrance, with a group of men following on foot behind. Right, head straight for the Great Hall and we'll unload, one of the men called to the others. No skipping duties, we've only got a few hours. Will, you got the prompt book? The professor glanced at each of the men as they passed. One of them, a man in his thirties with a trimmed beard, long dark hair swept back from his forehead, and a simple ring through his left ear, answered the call. Yes, Samuel, all ready. Don't want us forgetting any of your precious lines in front of Her Highness, do we? The company laughed to themselves, and Will, the man with the earring who was clutching a sheath of papers, turned and caught the professor's eye. He smiled and turned away, following the others. As the troop passed, the professor and Astrid stepped back into the road. Must be the actors. Should we try and turn them away, Prof? Prof? The professor stood stunned. Just like the portrait. Eh? Will! <laughs> she let out a giggling laugh at the sheer wonder of who she'd just seen. Will? What Will? Who's... Oh, hang on, you don't mean... Oh, you're having me on, said Astrid, looking back at the cart. It really was, the professor smiled. And then she realised. Oh, no. What? You think it wasn't him? Make your mind up. No, no, it was definitely him. Which explains everything. Does it? How? Would it kill you to explain yourself the first time around? We wondered why the race didn't go straight for Queen Elizabeth. Why it was waiting for the performance. And? It knew it was worth the wait. It's not just looking for the Queen of England. It's going to try and kill William Shakespeare as well. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomia, an Unbound Theatre production. The Tudor Assassin was written by Dario Knight. It was performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod.